You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. This is Jeff Ellis, your host and a writer over at 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we're going to dive back into the idea of Francisco Lindor in the trade. I'm going to set back and say it's not going to happen. Um, I don't think it should happen. I don't think it will happen, at least not for another year. In another year, it should happen, and then it will happen. But at this point, I think they would not trade him. But after my podcast yesterday, I had more than a few people go, well, okay, big guy, if the Yankees can't, then who could? So, well, thanks for calling me big guy. And second off, well, well, let's experiment and let's look around and see who makes sense. Like, who conceivably would make sense if a deal were to transpire? Again, it's not likely. Again, though, much like I commented on Joel Silver's or Joel Silver Joel Sherman's article yesterday, when you're doing this during the off season, sometimes you have to throw some uh, some knuckleballs and see what works. There's a lot to a uh, daily podcast we need to have every day, so sometimes we'll just. Uh, Take some odd shots, right? So as I mentioned, the Yankees don't make a lot of sense. And in general, when you look at who would make sense for such a trade, the Indians aren't trading if they were, they're not trading to begin with. But in this thought experiment, uh, he's not going to the American League. So you look at the National League and you look at essentially who who's going to be trying to compete. It's Atlanta, it's Washington, it's the Mets, it's the Phillies, it's St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati, and it's the Dodgers, the Rockies, um, maybe Arizona. So the, the common refrain is the Atlanta Braves. But here's the, the innate problem. It's everyone's always like, uh, yeah, Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson's not good. He's not bad. He's just meh. He's a meh shortstop who's already you know, 25 years old. Um, he is going to be 26 in February. Which means, you know, that he's a guy who's who's been around longer than you might recall, and he was a below average offensive player. He is not if he was, you know he is older than Lindor. Okay? Let's just start there. He is older than Lindor. And he he's likely I mean his best situation is like on a really good team, you haven't batted ninth because he's got some got some wheels though he hasn't really stolen bases like he did in college he posted decent on base percentage but there's not you know he started to hit for a little bit more power this year but everybody did um but yeah they, there, there's a reason why even though he has multiple years of control the braves would be looking into a shortstop so then you dive into the minors and really the braves minors is highlighted by three players um after those three there's a i think a steep drop off i'm not a big kyle wright guy I never really have been and uh, people this year in general were not as high on him as I'd heard in years past. And essentially the issue with uh, Christian Pache, who's their, their number one prospect. And right now he reminds me a lot of like Lindor, but a center field version. And when I say that, I don't mean the player now. I mean when Lindor was a AAA player. Like he, he's, he looks like he's going to be a star defensively and as an up-the-middle talent with average to above average tools sometimes those pop uh pache turns 21 in november the young man of the group drew waiters uh who turns 21 in december both these guys made it up to triple a this year 
and performed well the whole way up. A uh, pair of center fielders, center fielders, pair, uh, you know, they both play center. Uh, Waters is the guy who's going to have to move. I, when you got Acuna, I, I mean, try telling Acuna to move at this point. I mean, they're both likely to be corner outfielders when the time comes to hit the majors. But, uh, yeah, they're they're just sitting there at the cusp. And I... I, I mean, Pache, I think, is the better one. The, the problem with waiters, what gets down to it with me, is the walk-to-strikeout imbalance. Yes, he's young. Yes, sometimes that's something that uh, can start to balance out a bit as they get older. But uh, he's also not hitting for much power. Right now, it's it's all about the tools and the projection. Yeah, he can hit, and that hit tool is very obvious. But beyond that, he really hasn't shown, you know, in the in a whole mess of doubles, so we know he runs well. I mean, he's a potential five tool. He is potential. I think he's the highest ceiling of the group. But you're kind of waiting for it to put it all together. But at the same time, he's 20 years old and all the way in AAA, and you're you're picking nits like these. To me, both of these guys are top 15 prospects in all of baseball, and Ian Anderson is not that far off from them. Who's the other guy? Um, 21 year old, old man of the group in AA with the strikeouts per nine of almost 12, a walk rate under four, hit rate under seven, home run rate at .65. He struggled a bit at the call-up to AAA. I mean, he is arguably a step down from the other two. But at the same time, uh, you know, he's a very good prospect and would instantly become the top pitching prospect in most organizations. A name that often comes up from uh, people when you talk about a Braves trade is John Carmago, Car Magno. I don't know why I couldn't say his name. Uh, very much a down year for him. He had been a pretty solid contributor for them uh, you know, very good in 2018, and I mean, his OPS plus was almost half of what it was the year before. He had been 2017 in limited time. He had been quite good. Just uh, let's see, still just 25 years of age, turns 26. His value is about as low as it's been, though. Uh, it's hard to put together a Braves deal. Um, I don't see one happening. Let's be honest. I don't think they're gonna. Look to move their top prospects. I think they built this system, and now that they kind of see their tiers of talent, trading away one of those top tier guys for two years doesn't make sense. Like I said, they have a passable option. He's okay. He's not great. He's not bad, but they have a passable player there. They're going to have bigger holes at like catcher. They could use some more pitching depth. There's some other issues, so I don't see that one working out. Washington Nationals. Um. Do they have anyone left in their minors, or did they just sell off their entire minors uh, through the course of this year? I mean, I don't know. Is there, is there anybody left in that system? It, it just... Uh, if I'm curious and I pull it up, if my mouse would function. Um, I mean, Carter Kaboom is, is essentially it. You'd have to get Kaboom in any deal and believe that he can indeed... Stay it short. That's still hotly debated at this point. And, I mean, he would be the centerpiece. There's secondary prospects in that system. I mean, the Indians loved Will Crow for a few years in there. I mean, maybe he intrigues you. He didn't do a whole lot this year to really jump out. But, I mean, he is arguably a number two, number three prospect in that system. It, there's no depth. So, just kind of look at it and move on from the Washington Nationals. The postseason is brought to you by Vivid Seats, and they've been one of our great sponsors. 
They took the idea of buying your tickets and added a fun new wrinkle with a loyalty rewards program. The more you buy, the higher you get to go, the better the deals you'll get. And if you're going to buy a ticket to anything now, you want to be using Vivid Seats because we have this promo code for you. So you're going to go download the app, Vivid Seats, and use the promo code POSTSEASON. That shows them that the MLB side of things on Locked On sent you there. You're going to buy your tickets anyways. This code will save you up to 100 bucks. So you might as well go use Vivid Seats, save yourself some money, and start building up those reward points. Because once you start building up those reward points, you're going to want to keep going back to Vivid Seats. So remember, download the app, use the promo code POSTSEASON, do it for yourself, save yourself a few bucks. Our other sponsor is one of our oldest and dearest, that is BlueChew.com, the little blue pill, which has all the active ingredients as the big names, but since it's chewable, it allows you to do what you want to do quicker. There have been all these scandals this year about uh, uh, the use of uh, helping pills uh, for major league players when from gas stations and such. Don't do that. That led to suspensions. Instead, go over to Blue Chew. Use the promo code MLB. Again, it shows them that uh, you're listening to our great MLB podcast network. And they're going to send you a free sample. They're, they believe so much in their product, they're giving it away for free. You have to pay the five bucks for shipping. Small cost to pay to see what all the hype's about. See why they believe in a product so much that they're willing to give it away for free, knowing you'll come back for more. That is BlueChew.com using that promo code MLB. Try it out. See what all the hype's about. See why this is a product that they believe so much that they think the first time you try it, you're going to keep going back and using it again and again. We'll circle back around to the Mets because everyone knows I'm in love with the Mets roster and overall depth. Let's just eliminate uh, St. Louis. They have a pretty solid shortstop. They don't have a ton of depth. They're losing a lot of guys. Unlikely. Milwaukee, maybe the worst minors in baseball. Definitely up there. Um... Terang is not enough, and that's almost all they have in the minors at this point in terms of sellable assets. Cubs, another team where the minors are in a weakened state. Um, There's not a whole lot in there that intrigues, excites, or does anything for me. The Reds have traded away all of their top prospects, basically. They are a minor leagues that are bereft right now. It's basically like, hey, what arm, uh, one that's likely had arm injuries, do you want to go for? It's it's ugly in Cincy, and especially like at the end of this year when some of these guys hit free agency, that's a team that's going to crater out hard and to have not accomplished anything during that time. It's, it's, uh, we'll get back to like the Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Mets. Those are teams I actually think there's some logic to. Arizona, it's another one which it's interesting. Um, Nick Ahmed is a really good defender who, if they flipped, uh, the Indians would get an able-bodied replacement, but you're like, well, you know, what are the other pieces involved here? The the centerpiece is Alec Thomas, who, man, I thought for sure the Indians were going to draft him. He fit all of their requirements. Um, they had taken an outfielder like five straight years. Most of them hadn't worked, and then the year they get away from it, and they pass on Thomas multiple times after I'd been told they liked him. Uh, all he's done is just break out in the minors and do everything basically be the ber- best version of what we thought he could do um 91 games in a ball 21 doubles seven triples eight home runs almost a, a two to one strikeout to walk which is not bad for a guy in the minors you know the bloodlines everything else it's still 19 years of age too i mean just in young for the class it was ugh. 
Yeah, no, that's one of those picks that's, that's hard. Uh, Christian Robinson is an interesting upside guy. I've always liked John Duplantier, but there's always been the issues, and he's hurt again because, you know, you go to Rice, and that's just kind of playing with your health. And in general, they have all the guys they got from uh, Houston in that Granky deal. Not an ideal fit, but, it, you know, I want to talk about Alec Thomas some. So we go back in, and again, you know, the Mets... Uh, the Rockies, the Dodgers, those are really the, the main ones. If you're like, what about Philly? Well, they just made that trade last year for Segura. They're paying him some money, and it's another really bad minor leagues. Most of their top prospects have failed, and if you recall back on the Bauer talk, I just plain and simply put it on Front Street. They don't have the depth to make a big deal. They just, they don't. They've used a lot of those guys in some of their other trades, and now it's, uh, it is not a system with a lot of depth at all. So let's let's kind of loop back around. The Dodgers are probably the easiest team to make sense of here. Why they would fit, and that's plain and simply Gavin Lux. Uh, Gavin Lux is one of the top prospects in all of baseball. If you made a case for him to be the top prospect in baseball, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. He can do it all. He's ready to go right now. He is. Um, I mean, he's going to play shortstop or second next year. And frankly, it's one of those things like if you can get Gavin Lux and like Chris Taylor, who's going to be out of a role there, who's turned into a very good everyday player, like that's that's a heck of a centerpiece. And you just go through this Dodger system. It's like Dustin May was a later on pick who's going to be in the rotation. Keeper Ruiz is Ruiz is a, one of the top catching prospects, but he's blocked by Will Smith. Josiah Gray, Jeter Downs, like these are two guys they got for rental pieces from the Reds. The Reds overpaid so badly in that deal. And that's why, you know, one of those things where I still don't trust that front office when you look at it. It's like they gave those two guys away. Um, Goslin's another near-ready arm. And then you got a lot of their, their draft picks and stuff like that. It's, I mean, DJ Peters, Michael Grove, you can keep going. It's one of the deepest systems in all of baseball. And, yeah, I mean, they could put a, they could put a deal together. Um, they, it would seem, though, they'd have to start with Gavin Lux. As for the Rockies, it, uh, you know, Trevor Story's kind of there, but it basically comes down to what you think of Brendan Rodgers, if they'd be willing to move him. The right-handed power bat, he missed a lot of last season with injury. The bat's always been there. He's played a lot of positions in the minors. It, he would be the centerpiece of any deal there. It's another kind of easier one to put in place. It's another minors that has definitely seen its, uh, its overall depth uh, thin out a bit, thanks to some uh, drafting misfires. And now for... My favorite team in terms of just roster bonanza, the New York Mets. I think everyone knows at this point that like my number one free agent target for the Indians is Dom Smith of the Mets. And uh, he would, of course, be someone I'd want in, in a deal like this. I would also be targeting Jeff McNeil, who uh, slowly has turned into, you know, day three pick to all-star. I don't know how gettable he is. But if you're the Mets, I mean, the, the thought process is you're stuck at second. You paid money to get Lowry to handle third. Uh, Rosario's at short. McNeil can't really handle that. So, you know, Davis can always shift uh, to get Nimmo more playing time. So those two guys combined, does that get you there? I would really push, and I would figure out a way, though, to get Ronnie Mauricio as a third piece. Now, Mauricio kind of goes against a lot of my views where, you know, this really young guy in the lower minors, not huge production, but physical tools, and what we saw is a... You know, a kid as young as he is, 
Let's see, he won't turn uh, 19 until March. And what he was able to do in A-ball, he, he was a solid performer, and there's there's a chance he could be something really special. And it might be sacrilegious to say, but there's a chance that Dom Smith plus Jeff McNeil outproduces Francisco Lindor next year. We've seen the Mets be in high acquisition mode, that they have been in this place of, like, let's get big assets. And if you're going to trade for a big asset and then try to sign that big asset to a contract, show that this isn't the same old Mets, Lindor's the guy to do it. Uh, he can be the face of your franchise. You can easily sell him in New York. You can sell him anywhere. If He, he could be the face of the Mets for the next decade. And, you know, then it does bump Rosario off, who was about a league average bat, but all of a sudden you put him at, like, maybe there's a world where he plays second base and you convince Cano to be at third. Uh, I mean, Cano's not going to be good wherever you put him, but, I mean, Rosario Lindor could be a heck of a of a combination up the middle. It just changes their whole team. And for the Indians to get someone like McNeil that you can just drop at second and forget about, and Dom Smith, that's, that's upgrading two positions... Um, they would still need another infielder, obviously. But uh, it, it's the only deal where I go, I would have to think about it. I would have to think about it. Like they're, they, It's the one of all of these mentioned deals. It's the only one where I'm like, maybe. Um, so it's the only one where I think the other team would have to at least go, yeah, we're giving up two guys. But one of them's hurt. The other one plays first, and we don't really know where to put him. And a prospect is really far away, and the Mets have shown zero evaluation of their prospects, and they're going all in. So, yeah, uh, Chase and Lindor would be the player that makes the most sense to the Mets, and Lindor to the Mets makes a thousand times more sense than Lindor to the Yankees would in any setting, way, or deal that could be put together. Again, my COA at the end of this, he's not getting traded. I don't think he's getting traded, but uh, people asked what it would look like, what could happen. Those are some examples. That's what I'm looking through and guessing. But in the crazy wild world where it ever did happen, I think the Mets do make the most sense because, again, they they are my roster crush right now. Um, I can spend a lot of time going over the Mets. Now that we finish this show, um, rest of the week, we're going to start diving National League teams. We'll save the Mets for last. I think I'll start out West trying to put together some deals that make sense. No more Lindor talk uh, unless something were to happen. But we'll start out with the uh, NL West, and we will look at what could happen. You know, look at teams that are going to be sellers, what pieces they might have that could help the Indians out, um, what the Indians could trade, and teams that are buyers. Is there a situation where the Indians can trade from strength for their need? Can the Indians, you know, you look at Houston Astros right now, Verlander, Granke, Garrett Cole, they traded for all three of those starters. They've actually struggled to develop a pitcher of their own. Uh, You go through and you look at it, Joe Musgrove has been okay with Pittsburgh, more of a mid-rotation guy. Colin McHugh, I mean, Dallas Keuchel, kind of fit. I mean, he he's about it, but he was kind of more of a high peak and then eh. So, yeah, um, teams might, in a copycat mold, think, huh, we're gonna we're gonna trade bats for arms, because finding an arm is harder. There's more risk in, in developing an arm. So we'll just get a bunch of bats and use those bats to fetch us arms. That's what the Astros did. Let's let's do that as well. So that's going to be a big part of the discussion as I dive into these teams because the Indians have those arms. I've talked about their starting pitching depth. 
they are going to be able to throw like nine potential starters next year who all have a legitimate case for why they should be in the majors. So we're going to look specifically through a lot of teams using that or looking at the depth. I mean, the Indians minors have a lot of depth in it, not necessarily in the upper minors. Um, there are some guys there uh, in AAA. AA is definitely weakened out. But uh, they have the pieces to, to make it work either way, and they've done a really good job of restocking a minor league system that was starting to look a little barren. I want to thank everyone for rating, reviewing, downloading, listening, helping out with questions to the mailbag, sending me emails, and uh, hitting me up with information on my Twitter at Draft. You're all awesome. You're all fantastic. I love you. And remember, as always, go Tribe!